heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I am on the line with Manisha Singhal. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. Glad to have you, Manisha. Um, and let me do a quick introduction for you so people know who you are. You are at the uh, forefront, forefront of the cannabis movement, and you're currently leading the efforts to create one of the country's first hospital-based pain management centers using CBD and THC. Um, you're certified to prescribe medical cannabis in Washington, and you're a member of the Safe Access Women's Grow and International Cannabinoid Research Society. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and you're you're born in India, immigrated to the U.S. as a child. Your family settled in Pittsburgh. Um, you, oh, yes. you excelled yeah. at school, attended University of Pennsylvania, graduated with honors. Um, so oh, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff going on there. I guess my uh, before I get too deep into that, let's let's talk about what it is that you're known for now. Why do uh, um, what what is the business that you run or that you uh, you work with or are working on starting? Tell us about that and uh, um, and sort of why uh, why people come to you. No, absolutely. Um, so I'll say first and foremost, um, I'm known as a healer as well as an entrepreneur. And this is what I've done for pretty much most of my life um, since college. And uh, what I'm doing currently is so currently I'm the chief medical officer. I have a hospital right on Capitol Hill, a few steps away from where all the action is occurring. And I've been there for almost 20 years. And what I've done in the last few years, you know, I've been trying to find ways to infuse my beliefs in traditional, um, natural, Ayurvedic, Eastern medicine with my training in the Western world. And so for the last, I'd say, four years and change, I've been really studying the cannabis plant and how it's been used thousands of years and where can it have some potential possibilities in, in today's culture and needs. Um, along with that, as I've been exploring, I started a company called Ethera Beauty. It's, it's a little hard to pronounce, but it's A-E-T-H-E-R-A Beauty. And again, it's exploring skin health, skin care, using a lot of natural, botanical, active products. Again, infusing the cannabis, CBD, seed oil. How does that you know, really affect our health? Um, more things. I actually wrote a book on cannabis and cannabinoids. It's coming out next year in July. Focused on skincare initially because this was where I thought I can really work with um, CBD and, and see how it really does for all of us. But I did a deep dive in that book. And as you just mentioned, I've been leading efforts and trying to get experts literally from around the country and, and from DC itself 
to come together to see how we can use cannabis, CBD, and as and when the federal rules allow for it, uh, medical marijuana in our hospitalized patients. As many people know, I mean, we're riddled with you know, pain addiction, complications from all these different types of drugs for all these different ailments. And I think that as we unlock some of the medical potential properties of cannabis, this will have a really exciting role for my patients in my own hospital. Yeah, that's really interesting. So for, for um, my audience, I'm not sure how this goes for most people, but I know in, uh, in my life, um, cannabis was a, um, you know, as long as it was illegal, it was never a thing that was on the table for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So we didn't know much about it. And um, we, uh, we were here, well, let's see, we travel full time. We were currently in Washington state and okay. um, got into Oregon and, you know, it's legal here and it's all over the place. I've got like, it's kind of funny. We're going to a little tourist town and like, you know, they have the little downtown shops. They've got like the candy mm-hmm. store and the stuff. And like, there's like 15 shops on their little downtown and like three of them are cannabis shops. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> they really like their cannabis around here. Um, Absolutely. And and so my wife and I are like, we should try some of those edibles. Like we're probably never going to smoke anything in our lives, but we went right. and got some of the uh, some of the chocolates and tried them. Um, and it, you know, it's just it's it's like a completely different uh, you know experience, I guess. You know, I I, I relate it to uh, I don't know if you've ever drank enough wine to feel a little tipsy. That's sort of what uh, cannabis <laughs> does to you. I do enjoy some wine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So for for those of us who are not real familiar with um, with cannabis and THC, like I didn't know there was a difference between THC and CBD and what that difference was, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know like what some of the uh, beneficial properties of THC were, um, other than like it was supposed to make you, you know, feel like you drank plenty of wine, right? Uh, but there's a bunch of other benefits to it as well that I haven't really learned. I hadn't learned about until recently. So I'm curious to just sort of hear from an expert. What are some of the, like the the main parts of you know THC and CBD? Like what's the difference, and you know why do people use it in you know smoking versus edibles? And like what are some of the benefits of it? Oh boy, that's a huge topic. I don't know how much time I know. we have. I was like, we could we could probably go all day on just that stuff, but just like a, a quick rundown of for for um, people so they just they can have context sure. for the rest of our conversation. Sure, I'll just keep it really simple uh, because it is very complicated. Uh, so CBD, THC, they're both chemicals. They're one of a hundred plus chemicals from the cannabis plant. So that's number one. Um, What we know today as the hemp plant and the marijuana plant, they're both cannabis plants, but the way we've defined them, the difference between the two, especially here in the US, is that the hemp plant has very, very minutia amounts of THC, or what we know as marijuana, what gives people that experience of the high. You know, whether people get high from wine or they get the lows from wine, but THC is really known as the psychoactive um, component, chemical from these plants. Um, Whereas the marijuana plant has a pretty high dose um, concentration of of THC along with all the other cannabinoids. So currently in the US, what's legal at this time is working with the hemp plant. So plants that have no to maybe less than 0.3% of THC in it. So what are the properties? 
um, well, we're still trying to discover from a science standpoint, what are all those properties? How does CBD really affect us other than what we know, you know, on TV or in our experience that we may have smoking or taking an edible and getting that high. But what we're looking for in CBD is really it's anti-inflammatory properties, unlocking those properties. And how can we safely utilize that? There are antioxidant properties the calming effects that we may get from CBD, whether we're using it topical or ingesting. So like I said, this is a huge topic. Um, it's something I'm very fascinated with. I actually started taking some courses at George Washington University Hospital back in, or um, the School of Medicine actually back in 2016, where I started really learning about the biokinetics of these different type of cannabinoids. But this is where my interest is. We've seen a lot of benefits when it comes to pain management. Mm -hmm. And as, as your listeners uh, really can attest to, it's well publicized and we are in an opioid epidemic. Everything is about the narcotic medicine, whether it's yeah. Percocets, morphine, Dilaudid, you list it. And in my healthcare practice as a physician in the intensive care unit, in the hospital floors, I see this every Every day, everyone needs a pill for something, right? Whether it's pain, this, that, or the other. I, myself, my family, I've had significant complications and side effects from all these pills that, mm. you know, we prescribe. And so for me, I was like, you know what? We're learning more and more about the potential of this natural plant that's been around for over 5,000 years. And as science will show, and it's both anecdotal, it's experience and science. I really want to be at that forefront using CBD. Yeah, so it's like replacing safe. more more dangerous chemicals with stuff that's you know that's more, more exactly more natural. and safe. So, so, so interesting um, tidbit that I think might apply for our entrepreneurial audience is. Uh, um, just a common problem that I run into being an entrepreneur is I can never shut my brain off, mm -hmm. right? Like um, I have a hard time falling asleep at night because mm -hmm. I've got like a bajillion business plans that I'm writing in my head. Like if I lay my head on the pillow at 10 o'clock, it's 2 a.m. before I've actually fallen asleep. And it's been like that since I was three years old, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> and like I've never just been able to fall asleep like normal people. Um, and I know it's pretty common um, among entrepreneurs because I've talked to a lot of them about it. Um, and just because we're we're visionary people, we're constantly on and doing things and and in, you know inventing things and creating stuff. And it's probably common just in any creative individual. But um, anyway, it's very common. And one of the things that I noticed when my wife and I tried the edibles a couple of times is I sleep like a rock, and like <laughs> fall asleep and you wake up rested. And yes. I was like. My, my wife was like, I can't believe you like this as much as you do. Cause I'm like, it's not really the high feeling. It's right at, at the end. I sleep better than I've ever slept in my life. If you try when I tried them, um, which I know is a, uh, it's like, it's one of the medical benefits is that it can help. I, I don't know what you call it. Relaxing, sleeping, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So there's, there's like, um, I've heard that there are different ways that you can process the, the different chemicals for different like I don't know what you call them. You, like they're they've got strains that are good for focus, and they've got strains that are good for different things. Is that true? Yeah. So you know we can call them different plants um, or different ways that these plants are being, I guess, uh, genetically grown. Right. So each plant has their genetic 
uh, interest, I can mm -hmm. say. But let me say this for everyone to keep it really simple. So CBD, irrespective of where you get the CBD, right? So whether it's from marijuana, whether it's from the different type of plants, let's say the sativa plant, the indica mm -hmm. plant, or plants that are what we call our hybrids, CBD in itself is a chemical. Now, the reason why we may get different experiences or benefits, um, some may say medical benefits, is the additives. So what comes along with that CBD? Is there something from that plant that the CBD was extracted from that has a component that can help us sleep better, like myrcene, S-M-Y-R-C-E-N-E. So depending on whether the myrcene is coming from a specific plant, how it's extracted along with the CBD can have a certain effect you know, on your chemistry. Having said that, you can have a, let's, let's talk about an edible, or let's talk about a pill, a CBD pill, right? That CBD can have a different effect on you than let's say on your wife mm -hmm. or on someone else you know. For you, it may be calming and give you the best sleep that you've had and you wake up refreshed and you know, you've got your deep sleep, you've got your REM sleep and now you're rearing to go. Whereas for somebody else, it can be like that movie Limitless, right? Where all of a sudden, instead of getting sleep, you're so wired, you're so, your mind is active and all your brain, you know, synapses, we call them, or connections are firing at this hyper mode where you, you've solved the world's problems. And I say that because that's actually the truth. I have um, someone who I know who went to one of these beautiful uh, dispensaries and we were in Santa Barbara not too long ago and there's a new dispensary that opened up, it looked like an Apple store. Yeah. And um, you know, we're like, can you give us something that can help us sleep? And they explained to us what other additives were in that, that gummy, along with the CBD, that should help promote calmness and sleep. Well, instead of getting calm and sleep, this individual literally became like the most genius person you would have met and literally came up with a whole list of things that can solve this, that, and the other. So what I would say is this, however we want to experience our experiencing, CBD, and I'm saying CBD specific, but it's not just CBD. You really have to educate yourself on what are you ingesting? What are you, you know, applying to your body? You know, are you smoking it? What are the other additives? Ask the person where you bought it from. You know, where was it grown? Um, there's so many different, I'm all about, you know, health experience, but also safety, right? So even my own product in Athera, you know, we're not growers, we're not farmers, but where we receive our CBD, we know that, you know, is it pure? Are there metals? Are there additives? What are we working with? Um, and I, I probably got off from the question you were asking, but yes, people will take CBD or some formulation to help them sleep, uh, to help them with pain, that may help them with sensations of being itchy. Um, some people are, are, well, a lot of institutions are looking at CBD to see are there any properties that can be additives to when we're healing from, let's say, cancer. Um, some are looking at it to right-size any other symptoms that we have. But this is quite a complicated, uh, I mean, so, it's, it's not a panacea. People are using it as snake oil. But at the heart of what I want your listeners to understand is, 
you know, in your experimentation, in your experience, in your working with CBD specialized physicians, really know what you're receiving and start yeah. very low. It's, it's one, of those, uh, one of those things that when there are effective properties that actually help people, it's, it's an easy marketplace for people to come in and be snake oil snailsmen, salesmen and, and, and say, hey, it's got all these benefits that it may or may not have. Um, which is why you're saying you should educate yourself about what the actual things are, right? Like, you know, before we had started looking to the market, I didn't know there were different plants. Like I didn't know hemp and marijuana were different plants or that mm -hmm. indica was a specific plant or mm -hmm. um, what'd you call the other one? Sativa. Sativa. Um, yeah. Like I didn't know those were like specific plants. Um, and still you start getting into the industry and you're like, okay, I sort of see some of these things, but you have to have to learn that and I learned you know like the THC and CBD THC I guess has more impact on the the feeling of high the brain, our brain where, and the, and yeah, high. Yes, absolutely. where the CBD does not um, right. so like a lot of people are like they're they're afraid of having that high feeling but you can still get some of the benefits of the marijuana plants from the CBD oil without the high right and then also when CBD and THC are combined together right uh, formulated, there's something that's called the entourage effect. So it's not just the cannabinoids like CBD, THC, there's, you know, CBC, CBG, CBN. CBN is really coming to play now in the hopes that it, it's the unlocker of helping us get better sleep. Mm -hmm. But then there's also something called terpenes and flavonoids, which we find in everyday fruits and trees, yeah, yeah. vegetables, which these plants also have in much smaller quantities, but are almost identical or similar to what we see, let's say, you know, on your orange peel or your apple or your fir tree or whatever it may be, or your yeah, lemon. The, the bioflavonoids that you see in a lot Absolutely. of your health supplements. So it's, it's complicated, um, it's exciting as an individual. You know, I wanna make sure that not only am I at the forefront of this, but I'm at a forefront in a very safe, you know, effective, responsible manner. <laughs> awesome. So I'm curious then how you would, in your entrepreneurial journey, describe your superpowers, right? It's what you do <laughs> or build or offer this world that helps solve problems for them. Like what do you use to help slay people's villains, so to speak, in your business? Uh, great question. So, you know, I think, at, at the heart of everything I've done, and this through my own personal journeys, is, is really as a healer, as an educator, right? Using my story and other stories in that pathway and helping people understand how they can take those next steps toward their goals, whether it's having a longer life, a healthier life. Um, so I really bring all the tools of all my exposures and all my heroes in my life to pass. Um, so. Yeah, to to help people heal. Right, right, so right. I have this this a little off topic, but it's curious yeah. question. Since you're in Capitol Hill and you're talking about all these things, why why is marijuana not being treated similar to alcohol in terms of how it is legislated? What what is what what is keeping it from being because my understanding is it's less dangerous than alcohol um, and it would be just as simple to regulate as alcohol is. Why, why is it being treated so differently? 
Well, this, I think back almost 80 years ago, because you know, marijuana CBD hemp has been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It got caught up in the, what we call the whole reefer madness. So people associate um, marijuana as a gateway towards other drugs. So where there's marijuana, there's heroin, there's cocaine, there's, you know, these other very dangerous um, chemicals that people would use. So many years ago, the U.S. government and its efforts on the war against drugs, marijuana and CBD got locked into that same category. So it's, it just takes time. It takes time and education. You know, our legislators, regulators want proof of what many have known and experienced even around the world. But they really want proof that if they allow for deregulation, I'm not actually not deregulation, if they allow for, um, you know, the legalization. Yeah, legalization and the regulation, right? Because well, like well, tobacco well, is legal right. and regulated and alcohol is legal and regulated. Why, why can CBD not be that way? It's just a matter of education and people looking towards the FDA and for scientists to really come and say, look, this is safe. So right now, um, as you probably may know, your leader, readers, I'm sorry, your listeners may know, uh, we have something that's called scheduled drugs. So most drugs are scheduled one, two, three, four, five, depending on mm-hmm. their safety profile and their medical benefits. CBD is the top of the list, or I should say marijuana, for the, uh, CBD from the marijuana plant is on the top of the list as a schedule one drug that has the highest risk and no benefits. Although this is being proven otherwise in many formats, it hasn't reached a level where, you know, our, our legislators will say, okay, let's, let's take this off the list. Now the international community, um, their schedule list is flipped for as being the highest. They're doing the same thing. So I, and many in our industry, many of the um, advocates, many doctors, institutions have a lot of, I think, confidence and hope that in the next one to two years, the restrictions will be lifted. And we're looking for that because actually we want more regulations because yeah. is found in everything with marijuana. Um, you know, we want the good folks to come on board and say, okay, for the growers, these are the regulations we want you to abide by. For the entrepreneurs, these are the regulations we want to abide by. The FDA, FDA, we want the FDA to say, look, you know what, your product is safe for the consumers to buy. Or here's a profile that we need to look at. But it's going to take time. It's just, it's, it's a beast. Of yeah, I was going to say, it, it, seems, it, it seems like it'll be safer for consumers once you have the, because right now it's operating outside of the, uh, um, the, the federal matter. legislation. Um, so there's no, like, there's no law of the land regarding how the, you know, the quality of the plant growing. There's no, you know, what do they call it? There's no, you know, FDA approval of, you know, the farmers, right? There's, there's no oversight on, on any of that stuff, which, you know, is, 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 depending on where you fall politically, could be a good or a bad thing. But, um, but if you have it federally legal, then it allows for, um, allows for the regulations that you see in other industries, like we see in the tobacco industry with the warning labels and like you have to have accurate stuff on all your labels that doesn't exist in with the marijuana stuff yet. So what we've done um, in, in the U.S. is the state legislators have taken upon themselves where they will describe what is 
legal in their states. So currently with the Farm Act of last year that came up in November 2008, uh, 2018, it's allowed CBD from hemp plants to be legal in all 50 states. Now that doesn't mean that you can necessarily now transport and do business across state lines. Some people have found ways to do that, but at least they're saying, look, to the scientists and the doctors and the companies, um, to the growers, saying, if you grow hemp with CBD, we can use that now for research and testing. So that's good. So that, that's a start. Uh, when it comes to the adult use, the recreational use of marijuana, you know, there, there are some states that are allowing that, but just within the states. But where it becomes really tricky is, again, like you said, there is no regulators. There's a lot of third, really good third-party companies that have come to bear now um, that are doing those regulatory testing on products. Uh, there was an article that came out in the JAMA, which is the Journal of American Medi Medical Association. And what they did was they went and bought, you know, they looked at, I think like, don't quote me exactly, like 50 to 80 products that were being sold online or elsewhere that claimed to have CBD in it. Can I tell you, there was a very small percentage of those products that actually had what they said that they had. A lot of products that said that they had CBD, it was less than like 0.1 or they had other chemicals involved in it. So we need regulation. We need educators, and I want to be one of those educators. Um, there's a lot of good organizations that are really involved, and you've mentioned the American for Safe Access. For those listeners who are not familiar with it, I highly recommend going on their website. They just put out a position paper, which they're using to educate all the lawmakers when it comes to CBD and the benefits of the, uh, the plant. Um, one factor I'll tell you, there's over 30,000 position papers, whether it's, you know, bench research, um, clinical, you know, trials, which are not double-blinded, but, you know, short uh, population trials that have been reported on the benefits of. So there's, there's a lot that's coming to bear. I'm very excited. So I have an, another curious question that I think follows on that, and I think ties right into the entrepreneurial relationship. There are, right now, marijuana is a wild, wild west industry. And one of the nice things about wild, wild west industries for entrepreneurs is that just screams opportunity, right? The, the opportunity to get on the ground floor of, you know, becoming a big name in edibles or becoming big names in specific strains or becoming a big name in, you know, in, in using the hemp plant to, you know, replace cotton for shirts and other things. Because I know there's a lot of, like, the, the hemp plant's, like, ridiculously more efficient for clothing making than cotton is. Oh, absolutely. Um, and like, there's a lot of other things that are like that. There's a lot of opportunity in the space. Where do you see some of the biggest opportunities in the CBD and hemp space? Oh, um, well, a lot of what we spoke about, you know, I think one great opportunity, well, one opportunity we've already seen is in children's with certain types of seizures, right? So our, um, our actually the FDA has approved FBO Dialex, which is a medication for children with some certain type of seizures. Um, I think that we're seeing a lot of interest, and this is where I'm focusing on pain management, where CBD and THC affects our brains is very different than how narcotics and opioids affect our brain. So that's a huge area. We're gonna see a lot more of that in the coming years. Um, one other area that I'm very excited about and some 
you know, uh, major institutions like Harvard and at the NIH, Georgetown, persons, a lot of these schools and uh, major cancer institute arenas are really trying to do some research with CBD and THC. Well, I can't say THC, but with CBD to see are there unlocking properties that can help us heal. Um, I mean, these are areas I'm really excited about. I mean, hemp in clothing has been used for thousands of years, even in the colonial years. That was really one of the mainstays until the advent of cotton came around. So there's so much history in this. But, um, you know, let, let's see. I have no idea. I'm very excited. I can tell you every single morning I wake up, I'm getting a ping from one medical organization or another talking about what's the latest in CBD, who's working on what, where we are. But we've literally barely scratched the surface on this. Um, I mean, we're, we're behind the eight ball. We have not been able to study the hemp yeah. plant and CBD because of the prohibition that we've been in for so many years. So I'm excited, yeah. don't have the answers, but um, I'm, you know, I, I want to be that messenger of education. And like I yeah. said, in my own product, in Athera, you know, we're using, you know, CBD from a grower. It's 95% pure. We're getting it fact-checked pre-post just to make sure that if we're going to use it in our product, it, it's going to have the effects that we desire. And that's, that's more experiential. That's not medicinal. So I want to make sure everyone knows. But, but you know, like I said, there's, there's too much. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's just from an entrepreneur standpoint, there's opportunity in everything from creating specific experiences to the medical advancements to its use in clothing and paper. And I've, I've even read uh, that the marijuana plant has been uh, instrumental in, I'm, I'm going to forget if it's horticulture, <laughs> what the, what the name is, but in farming. Uh -huh. Right, being able to do indoor farming has mar marijuana has been responsible for almost all the advancements in that space. Um, it's sustainable. It's green, literally yeah. green. Um, you know, it has great nutritional benefits. I mean, people use you know yeah. hemp derived um, or hemp oil, hemp seed oil. You know, as a as a natural supplement in their daily you know use. But yeah. Yeah, when it and, comes to making medical claims, we just have to be really careful. Yeah, and to be, uh, you know, um, this, I don't know the exact statistic, but I had read somewhere that the hemp plant, like an acre of hemp plant farming produces the same amount of oxygen as like four or five acres of like rainforest, because it's a very, uh, I don't know, it's a very breathy plant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but anyways, I, it's a, there's, lo there's just lots of things. Know. I don't doubt it. I don't know that detail, so I can't speak to it. But, you yeah. know, I mean, nature is just so incredible. I think we all need to be responsible in how we treat our environment. Um, we need to be sustainable. We need to be able to preserve our opportunity to grow. You know, whether it's the hemp plant, whether it's whatever those yeah. plants are, trees, to sustain life, right? And, and there is an interplay with oxygen and our you know, the gases that we have in our ozone. Everything I believe is connected, but I'm not an expert in those areas. I can just, I, 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 <laughs> so I see it. The, <laughs> the medical stuff is, is where your focus is. So, um, so your, your product, the Etheria, is, is that your main business right now? It's not my main business, it's one of. So my main business is as a doctor, 
at this hospital that's here in, in DC. It's called Bridgepoint Hospital. And um, I've been there for almost 20 years working with patients, um, you know, from A to Z, what their needs would be, whether they're in intensive care or not. So that's my main, my main focus. Not focus, but that's my main job. That's what I've been doing and my main passion and mission. But I'm really using that as a platform to springboard into other areas because I know too well how these pills that big pharma and the companies have been you know, infusing in our culture as necessary just to breathe every single day. Well, you know, even at Tylenol, and now we know even aspirin, I mean, there's, there's serious risks to all of this. So this yeah. is what I practice and preach with my own patients at my hospital who come on 20 plus drugs, which my team and I, my um, other colleagues of mine, we partner together to try to get people off these dangerous medications while we treat them. And outside of the hospital, I'm exploring these alternatives, these natural alternatives. Um, and my focus is to really understand, and my excitement is to understand the cannabis plant, whether it's from hemp plant or otherwise. Like I said, like everybody else, although I'm in the industry, I'm constantly educating myself, constantly educating you know, those I come across on how to use it responsibly and looking forward to research to guide us on how we can really use it even more as a, as a tool in our medical box. <laughs> awesome. So, so if, if your superpower is helping people heal and bringing your experience to bear and, you know, helping them get off of dangerous medications and live a healthier lifestyle because of that, the other side of that is your fatal flaw, right? Just like Absolutely. Superman has his kryptonite or Batman's not actually a superhero. He's got to work real hard. What is it that you think has held your business back, either your, your, um, your, your brand that you're building, the Etheria, or in your, your medical practice? Time. Uh, and how, time? <laughs> and how have you overcome that, that struggle for other people who struggle with the same thing? Um, you know, I've always, well, for many years, I was the ultimate micromanager. Unless I did it, touched it, tasted it, designed it, um, I was always under this constant fear. Am I missing some detail? And I think over time, I've learned that there's too many good people and experts, and delegation is actually a good word. And so I'm trying to get better on that delegation aspect um, and building teams to really work together towards whatever those our goals are and our mission is. So I would say, you know, my weak point is wanting to do so much, knowing that that's not humanly possible and finding the tools within myself to really meet my mission. Yeah, I've, uh, I actually found the, the same thing. I was, um, for a, you know, first nine years of my business was the, uh, you know, I wore every hat right? You do all the things, got to touch all the things, got to see all the things. And when you sort of realize that I'm my own worst bottleneck, right? And need to hand things off to other people. And you worry, you know, if I hand these off to other people, then it's not gonna be as good as if I did it. And you realize that the leverage that you unlock, you know, more than pays for any re reduction in efficiency that you have by not doing it yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. It is enjoyable. And I, I like people. I like to work with people and it's exciting because you gain other people's energies and you're able to impart your own and it's just it's pretty fantastic so, that happens just on a curious level for because uh -huh. um, you're you're in the product development space with your etheria yes. um, brand 
what is it like to develop a a product? Are you guys going all the way down to like the chemical level and like putting together oh, exactly yes. what you want in there? And like, how do you decide if you're going to make it a pill versus making it a gummy versus making whatever whatever your product is? How do you how do you develop a product with the end user experience in mind? Oh, it's been exciting. Um, and as we talked about, there is a team, so I can't take the credit for the phenomenal chemists that we have on our team that are actually formulating. Uh, so we have, um, we, have a, we have a group of specialists who understands the different properties of well-known botanicals. So whether it's you know, from coconut or papaya or tamarind, whatever you may be. So well-studied um, benefits of these botanicals. And so what we decided was, well, we wanted to come up with an experience, a skincare, skin health program using these botanicals, and then to see how we can safely infuse CBD seed oil and CBD into these products to really give that oomph as far as experience and calming and richness of the skin. So we are not currently doing ingestibles and tinctures or any of those other uses. Um, Again, I want to be very safe, and this is not a medical product. So if Thera is really topical, it doesn't go into the. And so it's system. it's like skincare, like help with your uh, your your crow's feet uh, kind of things. Is well, you know, this that's a nice side effect. I've been actually trying. My nurses have been trying the various uh, you know iterations of for the last three years. We just launched in January this or February this year with our hemp seed oil, which has no CBD. And now mm. we're just about to launch in November um, our line using CBD itself. But personally, what I've found, again, this is just my personal experience, because um, I'm allergic to, you name the chemical. Uh, you know, I, I rarely wear, I, I had this terrible skin reaction to hair dye. It just turned mm. 50. I've been dyeing my hair for the last 10 years, and about three years ago, around the same time, this was one of the impetus to get into this space as well. Total body reaction, took me almost six, eight months to get over the chemicals that was in the hair dye. And at that time, I was like, all right, there may be some beneficial properties with CBD, the anti-inflammatory, the antioxidant, yeah. that. So we came up with a formulation, and I have to tell you, I didn't react to it. My skin was more moisturized. And I'm crediting it, again, this is just my experience, not as a medical doctor, to why I haven't been breaking out in, you know, in rashes or, you know, having acne or whatever it may be. So that was a wonderful, I would call it side effect. So we thought, let's, yeah. you know, in our entrepreneurial spirit, let's really explore and come out with a really great product. It's taken us many years to formulate to get it right. It's not easy for those listeners, let me tell you. When CBD comes, because we're not growers, when we receive CBD from the growers, it comes as this really hard, wax, brown, dark, smelly. You can't even imagine it because I've been to our lab to see how you know they formulate this. So they're now getting the CBD from this hard, sticky material to something that can be experientially very pleasant. But we have a, um, a small group of chemists, many of them are women, which... Yeah, I, I find very exciting. Women entrepreneurs. Women entrepreneurs, women chemists um, that come together and are really trying to make this a great experience, you know, for all of us. But, you know, I've learned that it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to formulate. We get our product third party tested to make sure that what comes out comes out. Um, it takes at least three months once you do come up with a product 
to put in this big vat. It's like going into a winery. You, know, you go to wine tours, you see how they, you know, cure the grape and they put in these big vats and they let, I don't know what the proper word is. Um, yeah, I don't know what the proper word is. Fer ferment. Yeah, it's ferment. Huge. Right, exactly. Same thing with what we do in our chemical lab. There's these big, huge metal vats. The product sits in there. We let it just, you know, we see how long is the shelf life. We test it for bacteria, test it for chemicals, sustainability experience. It's, it's exciting to be part of a team that has the knowledge, the experience, and the skill sets to do this. So I'm, I'm still learning a lot. I can so, tell you. So in the product development, are, are you self-funding that until you bring product to market? Or yes. do you have investors who are funding that? Or yeah. We are self-funding this at this moment. And, and the other wonderful thing, what I love about my team is we, because most of our products are either inspired by or, you know, we're acquiring from the Caribbeans. And the other thing about this, we started this company back when it was Hurricane Maria. So it was sort of like a perfect storm of ideas, thoughts, and, and unfortunate circumstances that really stimulate us to say, look, we want to be able to do good in the space that we have an opportunity in a safe manner and whatever we do because we have received our inspiration and we were also pretty devastated by what was happening and is happening now every year it appears in the Caribbean so we want to be able to give back so for your listeners I really would love for you to you know come to our uh, website it's um, uh, beauty.com and you'll see the charities that we're really contributing through the work that we are. Now we're a young company. So even though a portion of our proceeds go towards- so are, you, are you guys already on the market? Um, so can people- Yes, people we're on the market. On Amazon, um, you'll see their cannabis sativa, which is the hemp seed oil, which has no CBD in it. So that's on Amazon on our website. You can also you know, test, uh, run some of our products and our CBD line is gonna come out in the next one to two months. But that's how I'm just excited because it's from an experience standpoint, um, from my own personal use standpoint, because if it's, if, if you're willing to try and use it every single mm -hmm. day, then you can speak to it, right? Now, everything's yeah. is different, but um, I, I, let, let me say this. I'm very fortunate, very blessed with all the trials and tribulations. It's, it's not even about the money for me, but for all the individuals that have come together you know, from the chemists to the uh, people who've been in various industries to the people that we work with in accessing and sourcing our materials. It's, it's exciting to be part of a team and I just want to make sure that they get the yeah. due, due knowledge. I mean, I'm here. Yes, I'm the chief medical officer. Yes, I'm a co-founder. But quite frankly, I see myself more as an educator and someone who is on the fourth, one of the first ones to even just test the product. Yeah. And it's like every girl's dream to be part of that. But again, so have, have you guys, uh, have you hit that uh, magical point where you're uh, profitable yet? Uh, you know, we're, we're very young and I don't even know if we put numbers again. I'm, I'll leave that to the other principals that are more financially minded. <laughs> I, I know what's going on with it. I'm just, just curious because you said it's been about three years in development. You're getting stuff going. Yes. So I know. So I know that that's got to be, it's not cheap, right? It's so cheap. One, once you get to market, then you start bringing the money in. Yeah. Um, so you can pay back your investments into it. And I know it's like 
sometimes it, it can be four or five years before you hit that like how we're finally yeah. not in the hole we made it to zero now we can actually grow our company well i'll offer you this why don't we talk again in you know a year from now or two years from now and then we can talk more yeah. about that you'll, you'll have more products on the market yeah. then right yeah well in the next few months in this coming year and we've, we've received amazing feedback and it's that's a young company um so yeah, how, how do you guys handle marketing in a space that is not federally legal, but is legal on a state level? Well, first and foremost, we're not advocating any medical use. You have to be very careful. Like I said, the science, the jury's still out on the true medical benefits, mm -hmm. but from an experiential and just from good skincare, you know, our products first and foremost for Athera is really about the botanicals that we're using. And on our website, it literally lists all the botanicals, what's in each product, why there's benefits. Uh, we have an FAQ, obviously, site where it, it really tests to what's the difference between you know, hemp seed oil and CBD and botanicals and why we're doing what we're doing and you know, how we're also trying to give back. But it's, um, you know, I, I, I'm just so excited about this. I mean, again, when it comes to the PR, in the marketing, we are not advocating that this has anything to do with any medical benefit. Now, if you happen to experience, you know, some improvement in your skin tone and decreased redness, that's fantastic. And I'd say a lot of that is probably due to the active botanicals, which have been well studied. Mm -hmm. um, and science has backed, you know, you know, from the hibiscus flower to coconut oil to uh, carrot you know, properties from the carrots. Yeah. So all of that is well studied. Um, and actually my book that is going to be coming out in July next year, I actually talk about these different well-known benefits and, and who's done those trials, you know, in, in, in the last, let's say five to 10 years on these various ingredients. But, you know, our product, I'm very excited about. Um, we'll let me get your feedback or I can say an yeah. example if you would like. So um, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's great. I think I may know the answer to this question just based on how we've been, uh, <laughs> we've been talking, but the next question is about your, your driving force, right? Just like Spider-Man yeah. fights to save New York or Batman fights yeah. to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What do you guys fight for at Etheria? Uh, well, how about if I just bring it to myself? Absolutely, just for, just for you. Because to do that, I think every person has their own journey, right? And their own path. And there's a lot of shared interest, but I can only speak for myself. And, you know, I, I briefly alluded, you know, my own family, I'll just bring this to you. Um, you know, my driving force is to really quite frankly to do good. I know it sounds really trite, but it's true. My father, when he was 43, was misdiagnosed. Um, the pillar of health, did everything right, had some symptoms, um, the doctors couldn't figure out, we got a second opinion, he had lymphoma. Three months later, he dies from it at age 43. In that process, I barely just started medical school. I really learned about, you know, authenticity and how people treat each other, how they talk to each other and what due diligence do they do, right? So through that process, I made a vow to myself to the best that I can, I want to be that healer. I want to be that person that helps people in their pathways and their decision process on how to live a healthier life, how to identify things early, how to be 
you know, how to avoid chemicals that we think that we need every single day for this and the other to realize, you know what, you really don't need that. And if someone says, look, just take a Tylenol for that headache or take a thousand milligrams three times a day for that pain, right? Realize that there's some significant side effects that come from that. There's alternative pathways. So that's been my mission. That's been my motivator. And in my path as a healer, in my path as an entrepreneur, I've come across some amazing people, opportunities, groups, um, Ethera, um, you know, the people in my hospital, Bridgepoint on Capitol Hill, um, people who've helped me and supported me through my book. I've met so many people, my own patients. I mean, I think for me, I'm just so infused with energy because of other people's energies, but my mission is to see how I can be part of that process for others to find their path for a healthier, you know, uh, enjoyable life. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that like the, the misdiagnosis and stuff is, is difficult, right? And like all the drugs that they put you on, everything from, you know, I've had my, uh, my, my father was, what don't you call it? He had a, um, an allergic reaction like you had to mm -hmm. just something in his life. Um, he was working at a uh, beer maker. What, I don't know what they call those people, mm. beer makers. Anyways, okay. and the hops machine um, they have to clean the hops machine out every month mm -hmm. and they spray it out with like an air thingy and it aerosolizes the hops. Uh. And my dad has no allergy to hops in most anything else. Like he's fine with beer and everything, but find, find out as soon as it's aerosolized and he breathes it in at the air, he almost died from yeah. like anaphylactic shocks. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, that, that's horrific. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. But like he goes to the, the hospital and the drugs that they put him on um to save his life um like ruined the next six months of his life yeah. um and they gave him an ulcer and he ended up having to go into surgery and have some other things happen and all of that was from the drugs that they used to um to help him overcome the anaphylactic shock which you know we're glad he didn't die from anaphylactic shock but at the same time the drugs are dangerous it's so dangerous it really is and um, you know, when my dad was misdiagnosed, you know, the doctors would give him this drug, that drug for this symptom, pain, ache, whatever it was, completely missed, they had cancer. And then two months into it, like, oh, he's cured. I'm like, no, something's wrong. He's having mm -hmm. these symptoms. They're like, oh, that's just psychological. And up, he developed meningitis because of the cancer, and they completely missed it. Being a very, you know, I wanted to go into healthcare field. I just started medical school. Can you believe that the doc? The doctor I spoke to on the phone, I called very nicely, did my training in DC, you know, we grew up in Pittsburgh, went back to Pittsburgh. She literally chastised me over the phone. It was like one of those movie moments where you're on the phone, they're holding the phone, the receiver, the next thing you know, the phone drops from your hand, you just couldn't believe what Can't happened. Believe. And I think it was like 5.30 or 6, she's like, how dare you call me? You know, this is a psychological problem. You're going to healthcare field, you should know. I didn't know I'm to start out in medical school that there's proper times to call and make an appointment to talk about these things. And, you know, there's, it's a long story, but I have to tell you what I learned from that experience is listen to your patient, be open to, you know, other people's, you know, be open to not knowing. I'll be the first one to tell people, look, I don't know, but I'm going to find the path. I'm going to mm -hmm. work with you. I'm going to find, 
I'll do my due diligence. I'll do my homework. That's my favorite tagline to my patients. Great question. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to come back. And, you know, bring this to what I'm doing now. Because I've seen people that just lose their life over what we call polypharmacy, being on too many drugs. There is a place for drugs, absolutely, and healing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not, and I'm in that business. But too many times our answer is add one drug to another to another to another, right? Yeah. My, uh, my grandmother um, passed away five or six years ago from a heart attack. And um, the autopsy stuff that come, came back afterwards indicated the heart attack might have been caused by one of the like 30 prescription drugs the doctors had her on. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and it's just ridiculous. And my, my grandfather, who survived her, um, was on the same 30 or so drugs. And in the five years, five or six years since, been working with my mom and some health practitioners to remove that. They're down to like, I think he's on, on two things. Um, for for his uh, heart condition and went from like 30 to two and he's in a much better shape and much better health now <laughs> i mean I, this is that's 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 the best example I, I can't tell how many patients like your father on all these medications having more symptoms nobody can figure it out because no, you know you have you have this drug that has this side effect, so you take another drug to counteract that side effect, and that one's got another side effect, so you take a drug for that side effect, and you're like, wait a second, why are we doing all this? Absolutely. So I mean, so Richard, I mean, this is why I mean, this is one of the many reasons why I'm looking outside of that traditional box that we have that society says a doctor must have. You must have mm -hmm. a pill for every ailment. If you don't give a pill to your patient. Can you believe it? I was told, well, if you don't get a pill to your patient, they would go to another doctor to find that pill. Why do you want to lose business, right? And I was like, that is the worst thing you could actually say. I mean, you don't want to create illness. You want to prevent illness. And you want to you know, have a very uh, partnership-like discussion with your patient and their family and whoever comes in your path and, and come up with a solution, right? Yeah, but um, I'm so sorry to hear about you know your loss and totally preventable. And I'm I'm hoping again for me CBD cannabis is just one of many possibilities. It is exciting. It is new. We're years away from really truly unlocking all its potentials. Yeah, and, and it's um, gonna. It's going to be a huge discussion, both in the medical field and in uh, in the political field, and getting this stuff regulated, deregulated, and then regulated properly. I guess <laughs> exactly. um, that's a great way of putting it. Yes. Yeah, it got to got to change. It's got to change its regulatory class, I guess, from being illegal to being legal and regulated well. Um, and um, I, I, like you said, I think there, there's more to the discussion than whether or not CBD is part of it. I think part of it is like we have we have a uh, um, a medical community that. Um, you know, just from history, because of the authority position they have, um, and with the advent of social media and the communication that happens um, between doctors and patients and whatnot, I think the industry is just changing, right? Where, where it's instead of authority top down, I'm the doctor who's had medical school, and you're, you're a nobody, to we're on the same level as human beings and are communicating about how do we solve the problems in my life. Um, and that transition is going to be rough from all sides. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, but I firmly believe it. You know, I've 
for all the education I've had, um, you know, whatever those designations may be, the ultimate education is educating the mind in how we think, how we identify a need, how we formulate a process, a solution, how we execute that. I mean, these are the pillars that we hear about. But through all of that, I think, which is really important, this is what I can tell my students and you know, my nurses and my colleagues, you have to have your core mission. You have to have your core values. Be relevant, be open. And um, it always thinks several steps ahead, right? So before you have that prescription, whether it's for a pill, whether it's for an intervention like a CAT scan, right? Or an MRI or you know, something more invasive even, you have to think what are the risks? What are the benefits? And what are you gonna do with that information? Or, mm -hmm. or the what ifs? So, you know, I wish all of that had happened during the time of my father, who I think would have been alive today because I know that there's others who are diagnosed with lymphoma when he had his diagnosis that are still alive till today. You know, but I wish that with earlier diagnosis, I mean, who knows why and how he was exposed to what that led him, you know, mm -hmm. to have that. But I mean, it was a horrible death. He had pain, he had suffering, he had people who didn't believe him or didn't believe his family when they said, look, something's going on here. And then he passed. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and not psychological when you die from it. Exactly. And then and I see that with my patients. So I'm in the I'm in the reactive industry of healthcare where mm -hmm. I'm like the catcher. I'm I'm receiving people because of you know, this trauma or this ill effect or whatever it may be, timely or chronic, whatever it may be. And so what I'm doing, what I've been always interested in doing is really putting myself on the forefront. Let's yeah. get to lifestyle. How do you, how do you have a healthy lifestyle? How do you eat well? How do you take care of your body so it is protected from these things in the first place? Right. How do you sleep well, by the way? As much as entrepreneurs yeah. get a little less sleep, can you imagine the productivity we would have if we had just another hour of sleep but the right type of sleep? Oh, yeah. I know. One of, my, uh, one of my core tenets we talk about all the time on this show is I tell, uh, I tell people you have to give yourself permission to play, right? And I, <laughs> I refer to that as, you know, recreation, you know, relaxation, sleeping, that kind of stuff. It's, it's not, it is not a result of productivity. It's a foundation of productivity. Absolutely. Right? It's not a reward for being productive. It's something you have to have in order to be productive. Um, and I think so many people, particularly entrepreneurs, miss that. So I tell them all the time, you got to give yourself permission to play. Um, I'll, I'll give you um, a, a, some of the parallels that I always say is to be kind to yourself. It took a long time for me to understand that. I'll tell people, mm -hmm. I'll tell myself, you just have to be kind to yourself for all the same reasons that you just mentioned. I will yeah. parse through that. But it's, um, you know, it's, it, this is our one life, right? And yeah. irrespective of what people may believe, and I'm Hindu, and I know reincarnation runs strong, but this is the one life that I had visibility in, 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 and that I'm, you know, conscious of, let's put it that way. And, and, and why not enjoy it? Yeah. And, and be safe in the process and follow our missions. <laughs> so, you know. Absolutely. The usual will be right back. Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? 
How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? You can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. So, um, i got a couple more questions here to finish off. <laughs> One of them is about your own personal heroes, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier, so I'm curious. Um, so, yeah. just like Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, or Robert okay. Kiyosaki had his rich dad, who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors, speakers oh, or authors, peers who were a couple of years ahead of you, and how important have they been to what you've accomplished so far in your medical career and in your, uh, your Etheria company? Absolutely. Um, well, yes, I've alluded, obviously, my father. I mean, that was very life-defining for me. It really put me on a path that opened my eyes. Um, but even before then, uh, as, as I mentioned, I was born in India. I came when I was two. Somehow we landed in Pittsburgh and mm -hmm. definitely a Steelers fan. I pray for them. But, um, but very early on, I used to go back to India every year. So I really had I would do schooling there and schooling in the U.S., had great exposures. And my grandfather, um, with what little he had, was quite charitable. And I don't know if he did this by design to influence me. It, it worked, but he used to take me to clinics where people would wait in lines for hours just to be seen by a doctor. He would also take me to places where there'd be a lot of people who were living in the streets and didn't have much. I'll remember once that you know, we bought a whole, like, a whole, I don't know, you know, boxes full of uh, blankets. So I remember, literally, I was very young, but I remember handing blankets with my grandfather to people who are on the street, so they had some protection and it wouldn't get cold, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we went back a few days, I just wanted to see it, and all the blankets were gone. And I was really surprised. I was like, and I asked my grandfather, why are there no blankets? So he told me that they probably sold their blankets. And so one could think, well, the whole purpose for the blanket is for them to get the benefit of the blanket, right? But they had another purpose for it. So the lesson I took from that and what he instilled in me was, you know, whatever your action is, irrespective of how someone may receive that, the blanket or selling for money, they received a benefit from that, right? So in my years of, you know, in, in all the influencers in my life, and, and, and especially as a healer, what I realized, that this was also very hard, and the patient of mine taught me some lessons with this. As much as we may think we have answers, and we have the prescriptions, and we know what tests need to be done, and we know how to fight this or that illness or cancer, you have to be cognizant as to how someone receives you, what experiences they've gone through. Mm -hmm. what they want to take from it and whatnot and give respect to that. Um, and I'm coming across as a very complicated person, an individual with, with many influencers in my life. But there's a, a patient of mine who had cancer and much older. He was in his 70s, 80s. And he sat me down as a young doctor. I said, let me, let me teach you something. I know you want to heal me, but 
I am healed. I've had this wonderful life. I know that doctors want to give me chemicals for my cancer, but you know, I don't want to lose certain enjoyments in life because now I'm taking these chemicals with cancer. So at all these different stages of my life, I've, I've been having lessons. I've been fueling who I am and how I interact with people and how I want to be in that role as a healer and as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, that's, that's really fascinating too, because it's, it's actually, it's something that's come up on this show before, not in this context, but the idea that the experience that's created from whatever it is that you do or provide is actually only ever half done until the person on the other side receives it, right? So the, it's come up in the context before of, um, of like writing, right? And so if you write a book, um, you only ever write half of a story, right? Because the story doesn't like really happen until someone reads it and it comes alive in their head, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it, it's, it's a, there's two parts to that creation. Part of it is the actual writing and the other part is the reading of it before you've actually had something come to life. And it's almost like the same type of experience in the medical care is like you have a thing that you're giving to your patient, but then the patient has the, re the receipt, the, you know, how they receive that care. Um, and that's what, you know, I guess brings it to fruition. Or Absolutely. And I've, I've had so many lessons in my life and, um, you know, trying to be more of a delegator, not that micromanager, allowing people their own choices, even if I think I have the answer but giving respect and saying, look, it's, if I can be my role as an educator, it's that partnership, right? That handoff, just as you mentioned, you know, they have to receive it and what they do with it, you can only take responsibility for a large part of, of what you offer. Somebody else then has yeah. to take it from there. But, um, but yeah, Richard, I have to tell you, I've, I'm so fortunate in my life and, you know, every day for me, and I tell everyone, you know, every day for us is a blessing. And the choices that we make, what we're able to knock off of our list, wherever it may be in our phone, or our computers, on, on a napkin, you have to allow yourself your successes, you have to allow yourself your near successes, and you have to allow yourself your losses, right? Which you can't. Yeah, yeah you can't move forward yeah, without, without messing it up a little bit. Exactly, and working with the I'm, I'm just so privileged to work with the people at Athera. Um, I'm learning so much from them. I'm so fortunate to working with the people at my hospital for all the trials and tribulations in healthcare, right? And I'm trying to chart a new path um, and really explore this potential of the cannabis plant and where does that interplay with, yeah. with what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. Well, with that, let's uh, bring it home for our listeners. And last question about you is the, what are the top one or two guiding principles or actions that you use on a regular basis that you think contribute to the success and influence you enjoy today? Uh, again, I think there's so many cross intersections with what we've spoken about, but I think one of, you know, it's, it's really just making sure every day when I wake up, you know, I say a blessing, number one. Um, I really try to focus on, you know, what is my core values? Am I living the life true to my mission? And it's not onerous, you know, it's not like I have to write things down, but it's just, okay, am I on the path of doing what I want to do in the manner that I am? You know, it's not about success or failure. It's about the path that I'm taking. 
And that is about saying to myself, you know, I gotta got be kind to myself. You know, I will achieve what I can and just have these wonderful experiences with other people. And to the most that I can try to prevent, I don't wanna be like those that I've seen with my father and with other people that have been so um, close-minded, right? And, and harmful in their close-mindedness. So, so this is, and this is as simple as it gets for me. And my, I had my voice on mute, so I wasn't messing up the audio. Um, I said that's, it's a good point too, and um, and just making sure that you're waking up every day and following through with the things you want to follow through with. Because if you don't keep it cognizant, you know you can veer off path pretty easily. Um, and you know what they say, like in sailing, right? If you're off by half a degree, you'll end up on a different country. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's another fact I did not know. But. Yeah, yeah. So like if you're, if you're, you're trying to go in a straight line, if you're off just a little bit and you go a thousand miles, you're uh, off a really long ways from where you want to be. Um, so it's a good idea to constantly just check. Course right? correct. Make sure, course correct. Make sure that we're going the right way. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So last thing we do on the show is pretty simple. It's a challenge that I, I issue to all of our guests. I call it the hero challenge. Okay. And it's basically this. Do you have someone in your life or in your network who you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Um, who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come on our show and share their story? Oh, that's easy. Um, my best friend, my life partner, my husband. I think he has a story that many don't know. His name is Rangan. Um, mm -hmm. R-E-N-G-A-N. And um, so what was the challenge? What, what am I putting out? It's basically, there? who are they and why do you think they should come share their story on our show? Uh, no, I, as, as much as I shared with you, um, he's, he's been a great inspiration, not only for me, but for so many people. His whole life has been dedicated to helping others. Um, you know, he works with the Innocence Project and there's a whole story behind that. I'm just so proud of him, but I always see him, which is where he likes to be. He always wants to be in the background. He never wants to show no, himself, but he has a great- Is he the gentleman I saw earlier who was helping us get the audio working yes, at the beginning? He's also yeah. very technically enabled. <laughs> I, I, yes, he was helping me with my headsets. But, um, oh, yeah. but, but I have to say, um, of recent in, in so many years, um, I've only been married for five years, but it's a great story there too. But he's, he's been my hero and he's been here for many people. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see if we can, uh, if we can um, get him on the show um, at some point and hear his story. So last thing, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Where can people find you, find your products and okay. who are the ideal people to come and check those things out? Uh, well, the ideal people is easy. It, it's, it's really anybody. Um, these products is just for good skin care. Uh, but for a theorist, www.aetherabeauty.com. And there's a host of information on that website. Um, our non-CBD skincare line is on Amazon. Again, under Athera Beauty, if you put that in Amazon, you'll see that. But the host of our products will be available on our site. Now, uh, we are working, uh, our products are also, if you're out in the 
uh, East Coast at Shen Beauty. So it's a great natural healthcare uh, company. We're working with people like Beautylish. I mean, there, there's a host of people that have really been working with. And there's some new developments that are coming up. I'm not sure if I can actually, actually I'll put it out there. I'm very excited that um, uh, a company, Anthropology, is really looking at working with us, oh, nice. exploring some wellness um, platforms out in the state of California and Washington, which I think you said that's where you are now. Yeah, that's where we're currently at. We'll be in California in a couple of weeks, but right now we're in Washington. Yeah. yeah, so it's atherabeauty.com if you want to check out the products. And if you're listening to this and you have skin, it sounds like they would be uh, definitely good products to check out. If you don't have skin, you probably need to go talk to a doctor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, you know, I have to say that always, always have a good doctor or a team of doctors. But again, cautious about the pills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story today. Really interesting, definitely an interesting topic, right? Because it's just a wide open space that um, we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurial activity happen. And it's always fun to watch an industry go through that wild west phase and eventually it'll go through that consolidation phase and then it's going to ramp up, right? And that's it's something we've seen in industry after industry after industry, um, everything from technology to other things. So to have someone who's on the forefront of a burgeoning industry talking about what you're doing and how you're doing it. I think um, we'll hear a lot more about your company over the, uh, the next 10, 15 years. So that'll Absolutely. be exciting. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for this opportunity. And um, I look forward to hearing your podcast, which I've been listening to. And they're very exciting, very interesting people that you've been talking to. So thank you well, for thank having you. me. Thank you, yeah. Um, thank you for coming on. And any final words of wisdom for our audience before we uh, hit the done record button? Uh, final words of wisdom is, is what I've said. Every day is a blessing, no matter what our trials and tribulations are. You know, just give yourself some credit and get some good sleep as well. You heard her. Go get a good nap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, today. Thank you. Thank you.